Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vanish Chicagoland Stories, the podcast, episode 20. I'm your host, Pete Castanis, and this program is brought to you by Etch a Sketch. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, we are back. I'm glad you enjoyed that commercial for Etch-A-Sketch. That toy product is still around. Um, I used to have that when I was a kid, and uh, I I had trouble drawing it. I don't know. I'm not very good with the knobs, you know, sketching, um, like, for example, houses or animals or anything like that. I've seen other people uh, use it, and they're, they're much better than what I did. An interesting fact about this uh, toy was that it was introduced in uh, ni- 1960, and uh, it, it uh, was very, very popular. And around 1970, uh, there were complaints that the that the uh, the toy had a plate. It was made out of glass, and you know they were afraid that it, if you drop it on the floor, it would crack or sh- shatter. You know, so a, a child will cut himself. So, uh, so they um, they replaced it with plastic in 1970. So that's that's good to know, you know. But uh, when I probably when I used it in the 70s, I, it probably was made out of plastic that the glass was. Uh, you can still find it. Uh, not many to- uh, toy stores, you know. A lot of Toys R Us is gone, so you could probably find it at Walmart or Target or Amazon. So it's a it's very iconic, very iconic toy. Okay, we'll talk about so. Okay, um, I'm going to talk about a few things today on this episode. Uh, we have uh, two deaths that happened this week. Uh, very prominent Chicago people. Uh, the first one I will talk about is Bob Coaster. I think that's how you say his name. And he passed away on May 12th. And he was a record producer and businessman. And he founded the record label Delmark. But, he's, but he was well known for the record store called Jazz Record Mart. And it was billed the world's largest jazz and blues specialty store. 
And uh, it was located in Irving Park, in the Irving Park neighborhood of Chicago on the north on the northwest side. Uh, so he actually he was not fr- uh, born in Chicago. He's from Wichita, Kansas, and then he came here to Chicago later on in his life. And uh, he opened uh, a few small record stores. He was partnered with uh, a few people. And, uh, yeah, so he was, he came to Chicago in 1958 and there was a, a, uh, record store called Seymour's Jazz Mart. It was right across in the Roosevelt University building. And then he relocated the, the store and changed it to the Jazz Record Mart. And that was at 7 West Grand Avenue. Then he, uh, purchased a... Uh, property on Lincoln Avenue near, um, I, think, I would say, uh, around Irving Park. And uh, then it moved to 27 East Illinois in 2006. And uh, it was a, and so he, it stayed there uh, it's, uh, until, uh, I don't know how long it stayed there, but uh, he complained that the rent was too high over the time, but there were a lot of people that visited the store because you could find any jazz record, uh, any um, rare recordings there. So he sold the store, and then he reopened it in the Horner Park neighborhood in April 2016. And then... uh, then he opened a smaller uh, store. He kept moving around, and then it called it was called Bob's Blues and Jazz Mart. And then he sold the record Delmark and sold the record later, label Delmark uh, a couple of years later. And uh, so he's he was interviewed on television. I remember seeing him on uh, Channel Eleven WTTW. And uh, they also interviewed him when the store closed and uh, everything was sold off. I'm sure it was sold off on eBay or it was bought out by a couple people who were big jazz fans. So uh, so he died uh, on May 12th. He was 88. And uh, then the, his son took over the management of the store of the the one in Irving Park Road. I don't know if it's still there or not. I have no idea. So he was so he was he seemed like a very nice man, very uh educated. So if you ask him a question about jazz, he would just answer, you know, media on the top of his head. So that's a very that's a shame. That's a shame he passed away. Okay. The next thing I will talk about is I posted a photo this week on my page, Van of Chicagoland, uh, my Facebook page, that is, and it was about Littons. It was a department store, and they had a lot of clothes, sold men's and uh, ladies' clothes, and it was high quality, very beautiful. And uh, it was founded by a man named Henry C. Litton, and it was called the Henry C. Litton and Company. And it was nicknamed the Hub, and uh, it the, the first store opened on State Street in 1887. 
Oh, that was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. And uh, so it uh, it opened a, a few more stores, like in the 1930s. It opened in Evanston, Oak Park, and in Gary, Indiana. And then uh, I remember there was one in Calumet City. And uh, the the post that I, that I posted this week was the one located in Skokie in old in the old Orchard uh, shopping mall, and that op- that opened in in the late fifties, and uh, so you, it was very close from Evanston's, you know, to um, you know if you sh- if you're in Evanston you shop at Evanston, if you're in Skokie you shop in Skokie, so. Uh, I shopped there probably when I was downtown, working at downtown in the eighties. Uh, I stopped by over there like in the early eighties, that is, and it, it closed around 1986 and, but it was still a very popular store. People still miss it. And, uh, so, uh, I love the, uh, when I find stuff on eBay, or on Google search, you would find uh, gift boxes, and they were gorgeous. You know, beautiful Littons uh, gift boxes, especially at Christmas time. So I have a few that I posted on uh, on uh, on my page on Van Chicago Land. So yeah, so I mentioned before it, cl- it went out of business in 1986, and it uh, We Bolts bought the Lytton's name and the remaining inventory. But as most people know, Weebles closed a year later in 1987, they filed for bankruptcy. And now the, the Lytton's building is now owned and it's used by DePaul university as part of the loop retail historics district, which is nice, you know, but uh, sometimes I wish that store was back. You know, it, it reminded me of Charles A. Stevens. That was another store. And so clothing, and that was beautiful as well. Okay, uh, another death I will talk about is um, is about Dick Kay. And uh, when that was announced, I was shocked because uh, he was... Uh, the be- one of the best reporters uh, for poli- you know, one of the best political reporters in the, in the Chicagoland area, and he only worked at one station, which was WMAQ TV and on Channel Five, and uh, he started there in 1968, and he was covering the Democratic National Convention, but he was a writer, and uh, that was uh, it was a uh, very historical and. Um, the riots took place on Michigan Avenue by Grand Park, by Grand Park, and across the street was the Conrad Hilton Hotel, where my father worked at the time. Uh, I asked him one time when he was alive, and he didn't—he was unaware of what was going on because he worked at room service, so he didn't bother to ask. But uh, when he saw, when he watched the news later on, they showed clips, and he under, and then he understood. So he. It was so chaotic at the time, just unlike uh, last year in 2020, which was horrible. You know, I wish that was for- forgotten. So Dick Kay, uh, sorry, he was there. He worked at uh, WMQ for 38 years. He was there a long, long time. And I remember watching him on the news. Uh, 
And sometimes he anchored the news when he filled in for uh, for people. And uh, so, and then he started. He was in City Desk, and uh, he would invite guests. And there were some, some other hosts from Channel Five, and they interviewed uh, political figures, candidates, uh, former maybe uh, former mayors, governors. Yeah, it was there for uh, the show went. I don't know how long the show uh, ran, so and this probably was probably uh, very uh, popular. So uh, actually, his real name is not Dick K. His real name is Richard Snodgrass. He took uh, the name K from his wife, her first name, and his nickname was Doogie. That was interesting, and. Uh, I met Dick K once when I worked in City Hall at the Board of Elections Commission, commissioners or commission, commissioners, yes, I'm sorry. And that was located on the, was not the second floor? Yeah, it was on the second floor. And uh, I think uh, now it's somewhere else in City Hall. I haven't been there in a long time, so everything, but I worked there in the 1980s, in the mid-1980s in the summer. I graduated from DeVry in 86 and uh, got a job uh, part-time. Uh, uh, we worked. At, I worked at the Binders where they held cards. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, they showed all the information of uh, all the registered voters. They showed uh, when the last time they voted, um, Sometimes when they were deceased, we just put them in a box and they would be thrown away or they would be entered in a computer system. Uh, right now, everything is uh, computerized, digitized, and I think the binders, they're gone. So, and uh, it was a very interesting place to work at. And uh, I met a couple people and I met some friends. Um I haven't talked to them in a long time. So, and then I worked for the summer, and then they didn't need us any uh, need us anymore, and we were laid off. So I was called like a per dime employee, but they did call me back the following year when Harold Washington was uh, mayor, and then I was there when he passed away suddenly, and that was a very tense time. And uh, I remember election time; you worked there for almost like twenty four hours. And then uh, it got very hectic before election time. And there were a lot of political, there were a lot of reporters, political reporters. And one of them was Dick Kay. And I met him. I shook his hand. And he, he was a very nice man, very uh, tall. You know, and you recognize his voice. You know, he sounded the same on television. And, uh, you know, and I remember when they brought the camera, the cameraman and um, he was interviewing you know, some people like where I, who I used to work with, they mugged behind them, but uh, he didn't phase him at all. <laughs> He's probably used to that. And uh, it's sad that he passed away. And uh, another reporter I I didn't meet, but I saw was Linda Yu, and she was so tiny, very short woman, but she seemed she seemed very nice, very elegant, you know. And uh, so it's a shame he passed away. So he retired. Uh, I'm trying to remember when did he retired? Okay, and uh, 
he still worked and he was he was on the radio from w c p t eight twenty a m and he works uh alongside with uh jonas Pizzito, which, uh, and she's still on the air for a colleague from w m e q t v and uh i didn't hear him on the radio but uh he did reach out to me on Instagram. He sent me a message, and I told him, uh, do you remember you met me in the 80s? He goes, not really. <laughs> but uh, he loves my posts on Instagram for Van Chicagoland, and, uh, he, and he's mentioned that I love these historical uh, photos you post. And keep up the good work and keep going. And I said, thank you. That was, very, that was the nicest compliment I ever got from someone. And it's a shame he didn't remember me, but that's okay. He met all, he probably met thousands of people all in his lifetime. So I'm, I'm not offended. Not at all. Okay. All right. So another thing I will talk about is a post I also on my page this week. And it was uh, Ronnie's Real Rich Ice Cream. And uh, I'll give you a little... Um, uh, that ice cream was found in the grocery store Hilo Foods. And uh, I don't remember seeing the ice cream. Probably my mother did. When we lived in South Shore neighborhood in the 1960s, there was a Hilo store on East 75th Street near Exchange Avenue. And my mom shopped there quite frequently because, well, on the corner of 75th and Colfax, there was a, my uncle owned a grocery store on the corner. And uh, she shopped there as well, but most people shopped in the area, shopped at Hilo, and there was a National Foods on Exchange Avenue. And they opened, during the 60s, they opened a jewel, no, I'm sorry, in the 50s, they opened a jewel store um, west of us on 75th and Crandon Avenue. And I remember going there. My mom took me in the buggy <laughs> or in a stroller, and we used to walk over there. Uh, she didn't drive, or she took the bus, but uh, I think she took the bus when she had a lot of groceries, when she had those carts, you know, that you pull, a shopping cart. Anyway, um, from what I told, the ice cream was very good, and it was sold at Hilo's, and uh, I think... I put, someone mentioned there was an ice cream plant on 103rd Street in the Rosen area. Maybe it's true. And the owner of Hilo's, her, it was a lady called, her name was Guinevere Rani. And at the time, there weren't many women that ran a company. You know, that was very interesting. And uh, she passed away. In 1978, and she was 89 years old, and she lived in the Beverly area. And uh, from what I gathered, a lot of people knew her. She was tough but fair, and uh, she ran a tight ship. And uh, people got nervous when she came to her visits at the stores. So, and then, um, actually, the... The store was founded in 1939, and it had about 50, about over 50 uh, supermarkets in the Chicago area, in the city and the suburbs. And then our, her nephew ran the uh, uh, the stores, and then she became president. So she was an executive 
of the story. She did, you know, but she was, uh, seems like she was the boss. <laughs> so, and then uh, she quit. I mean, she resigned in 1972. And then, uh, and then uh, Hilo Foods went out of business in 1976. And from what I heard from rumors that her other nephews ran the stores, but they didn't do a uh, very good job of it. So uh, that's a shame. And uh, so they were, it was a family business. They ran, uh, there were nephews, uh, brother, uh, son, not, I don't know about son-in-laws. I don't know. So there was, uh, you know, a lot of people still miss the story. I remember uh, the Hilo flyers. They were those red wagons. And uh, I remember there was a kid I knew when I was little. He had one, and I was envious. I, I, I asked my mom to buy one. She never bought it for me, but I wish she did because those are collector's items. I saw one on eBay about, oh, a long, long time ago. And uh, a friend of mine from my old neighborhood asked me where I, where, he got, where I got the photo. And I said, it's on sale on eBay. And he worked at Hilo, and he bought it. And he kept it. Unfortunately, he passed away about a couple of years ago, uh, unexpectedly, which is a shame. Okay, so uh, that'll be it for today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, you have to excuse me. Sometimes I ramble, you know, and I repeat words. Didn't mean to. Uh, hope I will do another podcast probably um, maybe tomorrow if I have time. If not, then probably early next week. So um, I'm glad you uh, joined me for listening to me. And uh, this is uh, Van Chicago Land Stories, the podcast, episode 20. And this, and I'm this is Picastanis, your host. And uh, I hope to see you soon on the next episode. And bye bye for now. And here is Ray Rayner saying bye bye for now. And here, and take it away, Ray. <laughs> we have to go. Bye, bye, bye.